0: Hello and welcome to the Royal Blue podcast, where we like to discuss all things championship football and, of course, our beloved Birmingham City. What a crazy weekend of championship football. 32 goals across all 12 fixtures, by my calculation, uh, and some big upsets and late drama to discuss as well. We'll be offering our analysis of each game as the league really starts to heat up. Uh, And, of course, we'll also be looking at Blue's great result against Derby on Friday night, and looking forward to the rather tasty fixture against Fulham on Wednesday. It's a real test for Blues, but also a real opportunity. Uh, But before we go any further, I must introduce your hosts. My name is Alex, and I'm joined by my always passionate co-host, Joe. Joe, how are you today, and have you managed to calm yourself down after this weekend's drama? Honestly, mate, I haven't, to be honest... Uh... The amount of the amount of drama. I mean, we're recording this
1: straight after the Nottingham Forest Cardiff game. Yeah. And uh, I mean, we both of us, I know, have got half an hour on, on our phones uh, <laughs> waiting for the announcement that Houghton is uh, is no longer in charge at the city Ground. But we will come to that later in the show. Yeah. We I'm will. feeling great. I am. Uh, I'm very happy. Of course, I'm very happy. Blues. Uh, with the victory over Wayne Rooney's Derby, Wayne Rooney very bitter about it afterwards. We'll get we'll get to that as well.
0: Yeah,
1: um, but yeah, I mean, what a what a day! But did you say thirty six goals?
0: I said thirty two. Is that oh, wrong? Thirty
1: two. I think I've counted more than that. I think I oh, really. Oh. But my math my math isn't great. <laughs> I
0: have to um, get the calculators out. Well.
1: But. Uh, I mean it was way more goals Than uh, anyone could have expected Yeah. Uh, So I can't wait to get into the show And start talking about some of the games
0: Definitely goals from some unexpected sources as well There's a lot to discuss uh, And we'll be getting into it all after this So yes, welcome to the Royal Blue Podcast. I've been informed by my co-host that it was indeed 34 goals hey, uh, hey. this weekend, not 32. We'll have to get the calculators out again because it's, it's thrown everything into uh, uncertainty. Anyway, we've got a lot to discuss. We're now going to go through all the fixtures that have concluded uh, this weekend, uh, starting with, because we need to get straight into it, I thought we'd start with Sheffield United beating Peterborough United 6-2. yes. And I repeat that, Sheffield United, who'd only scored one goal in the league so up to this point, uh, they scored six goals in a single fixture. Uh, Sheffield United grabbed their first championship victory under manager Slivy Jokanovic with a thumping win over Peterborough United at Bramall Lane. Illiman Ndiaye, oh God, scored his first <laughs> senior goal on his first league start before Jack Marriott equalised. But second half goals from John Fleck, two from Ben Osborne, Morgan gives White, and a second from NDI settled the match with Johnson Clark Harris penalty a mere consolation. Peterborough have now lost all three of their away matches as they slipped to twenty third in the table. So, <laughs> what changed that this is a Sheffield United team that couldn't score for for Love nor Toffee, <laughs> and, now <all> of, <laughs> and now all of a sudden they are they're scoring six goals. Uh,
1: I, I, I honestly I have no idea. Maybe they really needed an international break. And mm. that could genuinely be it, to be honest. I think maybe uh, Jukanovic just needed a bit of solid time uh, with his backroom staff and with, because I know there was there would have been a bunch of players for Sheffield United that didn't go away, mm. uh, a bunch of key players, Um I mean, the only one that I can really think of, the only few that I can think of that would have gone away were maybe Sander Berger with, I don't know, maybe, is it Denmark or Norway or someone
0: like that? Yeah, I think the new um, keeper they brought in, um, Robin Olsen. Has had to Olsen would have gone away with Sweden. Sweet. Yeah, yeah. And
1: uh, maybe, I mean, did McBurney go away with Scotland, maybe? Probably. Um, I'm sure, actually. But, but, uh, um, but they would have had most of their first team,
0: mm-hmm. wouldn't
1: have gone away. Um, certainly not with the form they were in, for sure. So... Um, I, I think that maybe they just needed that little bit of time because they had a poor preseason we, we've made uh, we've covered that plenty of times yeah um, so that I mean six goals is a lot you can't ignore that that's that's mm. an amazing performance um, I mean, even when you consider that they conceded twice to a relatively poor Peterborough side but let's not nitpick okay. Uh Maybe they finally found some identity under Ikanovic, and I know in the last show, which was only like three days ago, um, <laughs> in terms of recording anyway, or four days ago, um, I was talking about how I don't think Ikanovic was right for Sheffield, and I still don't think he's right. He still set up with that four-two-three-one. Um, and I do think that against some of the more established teams in the league, I think they'll struggle. I don't think they're going to bounce straight back up. I think the start—I think that's beyond them now, with the start they've had and the and the way they play football. But this is the kind of a result that will give at least their players and most importantly their fans mm. something to cheer, yeah. uh, for the first time in a long time for Blades.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think it was the debuts of Illiman Endai and Morgan Gibbs White that were highlighted. Uh, by Jukanovic himself saying that both played well in between the lines um, you know Endai uh, scored two Morgan gives white got one um, that, and that he even said they needed this kind of victory <laughs> and the most important thing is that his team starts to trust that they are good players and they can play good football so it is about arresting that slide that, that we could see that everyone could see um, starting to build that confidence again and it well, to score six goals against any team, it would be a real, real confidence booster for them. Yeah. On the other side of things, Peterborough, you've got to already think a little bit about the goal difference. It's not great to ship six goals in any for context. For sure. They're, the 23rd, four points, but on minus eight goal difference, which is now the worst goal difference in the league. It's, it's okay. not good, is it?
1: I think that... um I mean, we, uh, if, we, if, we, if I think back to our predictions, I believe you had Peterborough rock bottom and I had them 23rd. Um, and I don't think that... The, I think they've, they've slipped down to 23rd now, isn't it? It's only not an enforcer below them. Yeah. Um, and no, it's, it's, it's not looking good for them at all. No. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see, to, to, for us to talk about them in this vein uh, more often
0: on mm-hmm. this show than in the coming months. It's difficult, isn't it? You know, I think back to that result uh, against West Brom, where they took West Brom all the way, but West Brom found a way to nick that that goal. But Peterborough could have taken some real heart from that. But then to go on the road and and to, to concede six goals to a Sheffield United team that, that have struggled it, it's it, the signs don't look great there for peterborough
1: um, i think the worst part is is it's against sheffield united who at the start of the season they would have been looking at thinking this is this is someone that we if we if we are going to survive this is mm. this is the kind of thing we need to be taking points off of
0: this is the right time to be playing them yeah and points off them yeah so that
1: that will that will you know that's that's kind of rubbing salt into the wounds that it's it's this poor this well it's not a poor sheffield united side it's a good sheffield united side that's had a really poor start um but don't be. I wouldn't be surprised to see Sheffield United now, kind of with a solid mid-table finish. Um, you know, this is this is a good platform for them, for them to build off of. And yeah. you know, we saw it last year with Norwich. Uh, there's no reason why they couldn't build off of this. Take take that momentum. As we love to. <laughs> there <laughs> so, it is. And we've actually
0: done quite well to get this far. Into we have. The I,
1: I think what we're about 15 minutes in, maybe. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I think that Sheffield United certainly. Uh, will use this as a as a base to build off of positively.
0: Definitely, definitely. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see how the Blades uh build on that. Moving on to Reading versus QPR. Now, this was uh, <laughs> probably <laughs> the most game. dramatic game of the entire what week. What a game! Eh?
1: <laughs> Unbelievable. And uh, look, let's just say it's it, it, if you're play, if you are in a game and you score a hat trick and your team doesn't win, mm. then I mean there's something horribly wrong, Mm. uh, I would normally say, but credit to both teams put on a great display. Um, I don't know the order of the goals. I know that it was a late Stephanie Hansen goal. I know that you're, I can actually see you itching to read out the, uh, well, you <laughs> do the report of the game and then we'll go to the <laughs> go
0: So it was a stoppage time equaliser, as you say, uh, from Stephanie Hansen. He earned Queen, uh, Queen's Park Rangers a draw at Reading to maintain their unbeaten start to the championship season. It was a hat-trick from John Swift, uh, which looked to have given Reading an important victory over the high-flying R's after the home side initially went behind early for a Michael morrison own goal. But trailing 3-1, Andre Gray pulled one back before Johansson found the equaliser in the first minute of added time to snatch victory away from the Royals. So John Swift, who I've always thought was a very good player, actually, uh, getting a hat-trick there for Reading. But it was (laughs) Michael Morrison, ex-Blues, of course, uh, with the opening own goal there for QPR, Andre Gray and then Stefan Johansson. Uh, scoring for the Rangers, 3-3 three, three, draw in the end. Two teams that at the start of the season I thought would be, would be doing really well. Now, Reading haven't had the start that many were expecting them to have. They are in 22nd, only on four points. This would have been a huge, huge win for them. QPR maintaining that unbeaten start. Uh, they are on 12 points. They are in fourth position. Um, what a way to snatch a draw. And it shows the character I think, of this QPR side that Mark Warburton has built now over a number of seasons um, to keep plugging away. They were 3-1 down with 12 minutes to play, something like that. Andre Gray in the 79th minute, getting them back into it, and then Stephanie Hansen snatching a point there. What did you make of this one, Joe? The most dramatic game of the weekend?
1: Yeah, without a doubt. Um, I feel for Reading. They they did play really well against, as you say, a really good uh, QPR team. Uh, you've got to feel for Swift. You know, scoring a hat-trick is a big moment when you're playing football. And uh, so to score a hat-trick in a game where you don't take all the points mm. is a bit of a kick in the teeth, really. Um, you know, it's, but, but it's one of them things. QPR, I think the credit has to go to QPR for for keeping on pushing because Reading have started poorly. They came out in this game... Positively, they set up in a slightly different formation than they have done so far. They've mm-hmm. set up so they, they are kind of more known for really a 4-4-2 um so far this season, as far as any match reports have uh, have indicated. I can't say I've watched too much of Reading, mm-hmm. but um they set up in a 4-2-3-1, changing it around a little bit and uh, and they performed admirably. I think they'll I think they'll probably stick with the way they did. Uh, coming up against a QPR time, uh, QPR team, who you know set up in the way they usually do, um, play the football that they usually play, uh, which was and there was moments in the game where you think QPR will be disappointed to not take the points because they they were in control of the game, they they controlled the tempo, they were the ones that really stepped to reading, um, and quite ironically, being that it was Swift's hat trick. Uh, they were really quick on the counter attack, Reading. That's kind of the way they 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 played it. Swiftly getting the ball in the back of the net. Nice, uh, nice. It has to be said. <laughs> um, and uh, but Johansson's goal gave QPR a deserved point, but heartbreak for Reading.
0: Uh, definitely, definitely. And I just wanted to point out, Alan Halilovic got an assist. Uh, we know that he was at Blues last season, Alan but um, but now we've got Tahith Chong. So. Uh, See you later, Alan. We're not fussing. Bye, now. Alan. <laughs> uh, right, we'll move on. Another dramatic game, a slightly tighter scoreline, but I thought now we would discuss Blackpool's 1-0 victory over Fulham. Absolutely. Um, into Which is, I mean, I did not see this one coming. I think we predicted this one in our last episode. I think I put 3-0 away. I think I said 4-0. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because you look at Fulham's team, it's absolutely crazy. But fair play to Blackpool. They've got a huge win there. It's huge. Stunned. Blackpool stunned early championship leaders Fulham to register their first win of the season. Former Fulham youngster Josh Bowler gave Blackpool a well-earned lead early in the second half as he drove into the visitors' box and finished well. The Cottagers, who dropped to second behind West Bromwich Albion, uh, we'll discuss their results uh, shortly, uh, the Cottagers failed to find the rhythm that had seen them win all of their past five matches in league and cup. The visitors had a number of chances towards the end as Dennis O'Doy and Harrison Reid went close while Bowler had a chance to make the game safe at the other end. Blackpool's first league win since victory in the League One playoff final moves them up to 19th in the table. So, where, where do we start? I mean, it's Blackpool clearly... Well, I think we start with what I said to you before, the, uh,
1: before we start recording. Mm. Um, I, the first, my first instinct when I saw this result was Fulham have rested a lot of players because they, they're coming to St Andrews next and they've got to face a tough blue side. But I checked the team, and they played a full-strength team. There was no... Like, they played... Mitrovic was starting. They had uh, Cavalero, uh, Bobby de Cordova-Reed. Mm. Uh, I think the only absentee may have been Harry Wilson. I can't remember if he was actually in the team. I'll get, I will get the squad up in, uh, in just a second.
0: Um, no, we, it looks to me like uh, there was no Wilson...
1: Yeah, I think that was, that's it. so that was the only absentee. I'm not sure why he was missing. Interesting,
0: yeah, he wasn't even on the bench. That's interesting. Um,
1: so I don't know if that, if there's maybe some fitness problems, hope. You never hope for fitness problems uh, to any player, but hopefully that continues on Wednesday. <laughs> just for a few I'm more on. days. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, I think for Fulham, this is, I think they were just a bit complacent. You know, they're going up to a Blackpool team who haven't got the funds or the quality anywhere near that Fulham have. Um, and they got and they got caught out for just assuming that they would go and win. Um, so, uh, and that's 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 an issue, maybe, for Blues, as we said, as well, because this could be the result that kind of makes him go, Oh, you know, we've got to perform, we've got to continue performing to a high level. Um, mm-hmm. I know for a fact that, um, uh, that there's some players in there that. Have just that winning mentality. That's that they have to like you know they've got some real uh, mentality kings. The likes of Mitrovic, yeah. uh, for example, are real. Just you know they just they want to win. They're not there to they're not there to put on a show. They're there to win. They're there to just get get results on the board. Yeah. Um. So that's the kind of result that makes me a little bit worried about them visiting Blues. But uh, in terms of this game, to be honest it was quite boring uh, which suited blackpool uh, mm. setting up in a very conventional 442 low block they got a goal and they stuck with it and it mm. worked and credit to them love it
0: yeah it's it's one of those backs to the wall well you know when they needed to they had the backs to the wall and they stayed organized and they got the result over the line and and it's you're absolutely right. I mean, it's one, it's a result for Blackpool that could really spurn them on now up to 19th. Um, they think, well, we've beaten Fulham who on paper are the best team in the league or best squad anyway, you, you could argue. Um, but then on the other side of things for Fulham, how, how do they react? Where's the bounce back ability? And of course, we'll be talking more about that in our uh, blue section of the show uh, because uh, the cottages are coming to St. Andrew's on Wednesday evening. Uh, that is our next game. Um permutations at both ends of the table. It's fascinating. It
1: does. And and Joe, that's, that's what the championship brings, you know, it's you can't take anything for granted. And, and really as much as, as as much as you can look at some teams and say they're weaker, there is never an easy game.
0: Mm. Uh,
1: And this is, this is a prime example of that. Fulham, you know, yes, they went there with a full strength team, but, maybe their head they, i think i think it was a mentality thing again they just they 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 presumed that the result was going to come their way and that's the biggest problem with managing a a team at the top of the league um, you know you, you i mean if you look at the premier league you kind of saw it with liverpool a bit mm-hmm. they, they had a lot of you know liverpool had other problems in terms of injuries and absentees and stuff but the, where you can see that um, the, i mean i remember in the when they won i think it was when they won the league when they lost to Watford, so they weren't unbeaten. Mm, yeah. uh, and in that game, they, you could just see the complacency. They assumed that the, the room would come their way. Same thing again when Liverpool played against Aston Villa when they lost 7-2, mm. you know. So um, it's certainly a thing for teams at the top end of tables, playing against teams at the lower end of tables. Um, and and that, was, that was the only, only explicable way I can, uh, I can put that Fulham performance.
0: Yeah, and, and, and probably a good thing to get out of the way nice and early in the season, I suppose, rather yeah, than, probably. you know, if it's later on, a, a slightly more critical juncture, perhaps. So, yeah, yeah, it's, it'd be interesting to see how Fulham uh, bounce back from that one. Uh, keeping us moving, because there's a lot to get through, I thought next we would talk about Nottingham Forest. Yeah. Uh, today's game, uh, which only finished a few hours ago, they unfortunately were beaten 2-1 at home by Cardiff City, um, teenager Ruben Colwell scored twice as Cardiff City came from behind to win 2-1 and keep Nottingham Forest winless and bottom of the championship table. Lewis Graben's first goal this season gave Forest the lead at the interval. Colwill equalised within a minute of coming on as a substitute before firing home to put the Bluebirds ahead. Forest have just one point from six games and have made their worst start to a season in 108 years, Oof. adding to the pressure on their boss, Chris Hutton. The Forest fans made their displeasure known at the final whistle after Cardiff capped an impressive comeback that moves them up to eighth in the Championship on 11 points. So, I mean, it feels like every episode now we're we're just waiting for that sort of Damocles that's hanging above Hutton's head to to just drop. I don't thing. I don't think
1: it will be today. Mm. Um, reading some of the so. Uh, Okay look so the fans have quite understandably been very angry like you say as we heard at full time mm. um, but you know the 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 he's come under very fierce criticism has houghton um and Forrest, you know without a win bottom of the table it doesn't look good but i'm just i'm just reading on my phone now that mm. uh houghton has given a defiant message mm. uh, admitting that they need to get a positive result sooner rather than later um so if you don't mind, I'm gonna quickly read out Go what for he it said. So uh has said, I have to be confident in terms of turning things around. Um, we have to get results, whether that's a win on Wednesday night when they face Middlesbrough. Um Uh, where we don't play well and just get a couple of fortunate goals, Uh, whichever way it comes, we have to get results. It's not about formations for me. It's about showing enough quality to break deadlocks, showing enough resilience to keep a clean sheet and showing that we have enough to win a football match. I think the worst possible manager he could come up against next is Neil Warnock. And that's exactly who he's coming up against <laughs> on Wednesday night. Because um, Warnock will see this situation. He'll be rubbing his hands together. He'll be getting, trying to get right into the normally very composed Houghton's head. Mm. Um, he's in trouble, isn't he? I, I can't see, I cannot see them turning it around. Mm. Um, of course, Middlesbrough did just lose 2-0 to some team that I don't like. Um <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know, but uh, we'll get to that. Um, I think, in my opinion, Hughton should be sacked now. And let's not forget, he's at Nottingham Forest, who have a history of maybe being a bit too quick to get rid of a manager. Right? Uh, I think in the last uh, in the last eight years, they've had ten managers, I think, or something, something like that. I don't well, know the that, exact.
0: Stat, wouldn't surprise me actually.
1: But some, but some. I, I was, I was speaking to a. It was either in the last ten years they've had, in the last eight they've had ten, yeah. or in the last six they've had eight. It was something like that.
0: Yeah. Um, it, it, well, I'm just looking at some of the reaction on Twitter, and people are saying things like, "There's something rotten at, at the club. You can't keep going through managers and playing staff like we do, and keep getting the same result. The club is run like a circus." Uh, people saying that problems at Forest run far deeper than the manager. Um, I think that's true. It's it probably, I mean, because
1: Forest are for, Forest are, are a big team. They are a big side in terms of you know, because you don't have to go back too long when they were finishing seventh, eighth, really pushing for promotion playoffs, yeah. um, where a lot of people would were certainly back when I was you know, focus more on Premier League football than I was on championship football. Mm-hmm. Um I was constantly hearing about, you know, are Nottingham Forest going to finally return to the top flight? Um and they they they've had a, a really big fall that's gone under the radar purely because they haven't gotten relegated. But you don't have to scratch too far beneath the surface to see that there are real big issues going on at that club. And it's not it's not good for them at all.
0: No, no. And there are also some some pretty mad things on Twitter. Someone here saying that uh, former Chelsea defender John Terry is keen on the Nottingham Forest job if the Championship strugglers part company with Chris Hughton. Does that make sense to bring in? Uh, uh, no, no, it does not. No disrespect to bring no, in an inexperienced in, manager. JT, JT,
1: look, he's he's learnt under who's a Villa manager, Dean Smith. Is
0: That's it? correct.
1: Um, who's you know as much as we don't like him we have we have to admit that he's done well with that villa team they've gone from strength to strength yeah uh, so you know he certainly learned off of off of the the right man and of course you know he was involved in that relegation battle where they well where they should have gone down really if if not for a var mishap uh with uh, with goal line technology i think should have given a goal but the camera or someone was blocking the camera or something um and if it wasn't for that they would have gone down
0: Mm, uh, yeah. but,
1: you know, that's that's you know, that's in the past and whatever. Um let it go, Joe. But, let it go. But he's been but he's been involved in relegation scrap. So maybe maybe he would do okay, but he's got zero experience managing a side. But then you can say the same thing about Wayne Rooney. True,
0: very true. Managing
1: this derby side, but mm-hmm. coming in mid-season, having absolutely no pre-season to have a look at your players and and then stamp your philosophy onto them mm. I don't think it would be right I think they would need to they need to find someone who would who would be I, I mean they would never be able to get him but they need to find the championship version of Sam Allardyce and they need to find yeah. him um
0: really, yeah it's, it's you're absolutely right it's a very very difficult situation there at, at Forest and it's one to keep an eye on I think there's going to be it's going to be a, a tough old season for them. Um, It'll be a long, long season. I hadn't put them; I hadn't predicted them to come in the bottom three. I thought they'd just have a solid season, mid-table, maybe a bit lower than that. But I think we put really that.
1: We time. we both said that, and I think we both put that on the fact that Houghton was in the dugout.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, I, I, we feel we 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 do feel for you, Forest fans. We've had a, we've had it in with our owners. So uh, yeah, we uh, and and you know you hate to see a club being run like that uh if Absolutely. if they are true i i don't have, we don't have enough of the backstory really into the
0: i don't no. i don't into the no, way
1: one there, but it, it's sad it's sad to see
0: it is very sad it's a historic football club with with a storied history and it's six. certainly with
1: the quality they've got on the pitch because you can't deny the quality i know we've i mean i i, I i'll ride home a, a home about brennan johnson and if they do get relegated i would want brennan johnson at blues
0: replacing teeth chong who Inevitably, go back from from being on loan oh, we're already looking forward to the transfer window. We we'll just have to get you on the scouting team. I like that. Well, that
1: would be that would be he would be my because mm. is rather similar to the way that, that uh that Heath Chong likes to try and play. He's yeah. hardworking. He's uh he's he's skillful and he's a good dribbler. Uh, can maybe work on his end product a little bit. Uh, for sure. Well, more than a little bit, but uh, he's not. He's not a stat merchant. He's just a really hard worker mm. uh, with a, with a lot of quality, and he's still young. He's still 23 years old, I think. Maybe even maybe even younger than that. Um, so he, you know, we're under no illusions that Tahith Chong is going to go back to Manchester United. Probably. Don't say but it. Don't say he's it. Have, we've got to get you. We've, we've got to get used to it now. We'll enjoy <laughs> what he's here. Um, I've fallen in love with him. He can't go. But but it, it, let's say Nottingham Forest go down. There are a few players there that I would that I would certainly pick up. Bryce Samba is another one with Etheridge, aging out. Sarkic on loan. I don't know if we'll sign him permanently. Maybe Maybe he'll prove to be good enough. Yeah. Um, I'd certainly take Samba. Of course, you know Joe Worrell as well is a, mm-hmm. a top quality Championship centre back, and he's still what twenty four, maybe twenty five.
0: I don't Not think he's very sure. old at all. I like Sorry. how the vultures the vultures are already swirling above head here overhead. Oh, for it? sure. Cause, uh, cause <laughs> it's the, already the, relegated Forest.
1: You can see the situation already. I'd be I wouldn't be surprised at all to see a couple of, of their less um loyal players, you know, the likes of Brennan Johnson, who's who's not really got an affiliation to owner Forest other than the fact he plays for them, mm. um, you know, seeing them just jump in ship in January to 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 get out as soon as they can of of what seems like a clearly quite toxic situation.
0: Yeah, I think that's, that's the best way to describe it. Um, we're going to have to move on because there's yep. still a few more games for us to discuss. Next on my list is Bournemouth and their 3-0 demolition job of, uh, of Barnsley. Jordan Zamora scored his first goals in professional football as <laughs> Bournemouth moved up to fifth in the championship with a dominant win over yeah. Barnsley. The 21-year-old early strike gave the Cherries a great start as the defender fired in at the second attempt after some excellent build-up play down the right. Dominic Solanke doubled the lead within a minute of the start of the second half as the former Liverpool forward tapped in from a yard after Brad Collins had fumbled Philip Billings' cross. Zamora got his second with nine minutes left as he broke into the box from 30 yards out and finished low past Collins, whose earlier saves had prevented a bigger scoreline. Bournemouth ended a three-match winless run in all competitions with the win, while last season's fellow playoff semi-finalist, Barnsley, are still looking for their second win of the season as they dropped to 16th. So, uh,
1: well, I think Barnsley are in trouble. That's easy. I think Barnsley, they they did not play anywhere near the way that we know that they can, certainly from last season. Um, I know when when we were recording some of the demo stuff, that uh, I'm not even sure if we still have some of it, because um, I think it might be on, on, on an old laptop. <laughs> but uh, we were talking about the Barnsley side and some of the players that they've got uh, and how we'd love to see them at Blue's. Uh, if, if if anything was to ever happen. Um, or, you know, just there's, there's, they've got a really good, they've got a good side there, but they're just not playing well. It's not going well for them. No, uh, no. Maybe a bit under the radar because it's not quite as, as dire as the Sheffield United situation or the Nottingham Forest situation. Um, but when you compare them from where they are, from where they were at the end of last season, as you say, you know, semi-finalists, in the playoffs to where they are now. And even in the playoffs, because it was against Bournemouth, they played in the playoffs, wasn't it? I believe that they lost to Bournemouth.
0: Who was in the playoffs last season? Or did
1: they lose to Brentford?
0: I think it was Brentford that beat... Oh, God. (laughs) That feels like a long time ago, because we've had the Euros.
1: I think it was because it was Brentford-Bournemouth in the final. I think it was Barnes versus Bournemouth.
0: Yeah, that sounds right, Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, because I really wanted Barnsley to beat Bournemouth, um, if I remember correctly. So, um, you know, and, and the way they played against Bournemouth then, they played really well. They were quite unlucky, really, not to get to the final. Um, but you know, this is a very different Barnsley team, uh, not in terms of personnel, but in terms of seemingly in terms of belief, they just had zero, zero belief in themselves, and Bournemouth. As you say, you know, other than the Barnsley goalkeeper, um, everyone played poorly and Bournemouth had a field day. Bournemouth, It, could, it really could have been five, six, seven. 6 mm. uh, You know, the fact he was only 3 nil is uh, maybe a bit poor on Bournemouth's finishing. I know that um, Dominic Solanke finally getting a goal. Yeah, that's
0: um, always good.
1: Uh, you know, maybe he's up and running. But also for Bournemouth, maybe this is exactly the kind of performance they need because we've already said so far they've been coasting a bit. Uh, this is the kind of performance they need, you know. Th- okay, there's a solid win. Now we've got to keep performing at that level. We've, they've set their bar. Now they've got to stay there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, not too much really to say about it, other than Barnsley are in trouble, and uh, and this is a good uh, a good place for Bournemouth to to move on and and progress forward.
0: Yeah, agreed. And I think we we should move on. There's still a few more games for us to discuss. Uh, next up, it's Stoke versus Huddersfield, two teams that started really, really well. Uh, this was a 2-1 win for the Potters. Uh, Matty Pearson's own goal gifted all three points as Stoke City came from behind to beat Huddersfield Town and climbed to third in the championship table. After a goalless first half, defender Harry Toffolo took just two second half minutes to break the deadlock when he scored from close range, his first goal in nine months. But within three minutes, Jacob Brown headed home his second goal of the campaign to equalise for Mario Varancic's corner. And it was from another Varancic cross that Stoke got the win on 63 minutes when Pearson diverted the ball into his own net to maintain the Potters' 100% home record this season. So two teams, as we've mentioned in previous episodes, two teams that have surprised us. You, I think, mentioned in the last episode, Joe, that you thought this was going to be one of the fixtures to keep an eye on this, uh, this, uh, this weekend. What did you make of this one? Um, I was actually
1: a little bit underwhelmed, certainly with the amount <laughs> I was hyped up for it.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but the result, I think I said a Stoke City 2-1 win. I'll have to listen back. Mm. I will have to listen back to that. I probably went
0: for a draw. I always go for draws. You always go
1: for a draw again in, in, in these <laughs> kind of tight games. But, uh, I also said that I think Huddersfield would be the team that will fall off eventually. Um, but they actually played pretty well. They both, it was a team where both teams played well and Stoke City just happened to get, happened to, 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 to get the goal. Um, well, rather well, well. The the second goal. Um, I think the, I I like Stoke City this season. Um, if that you know, I always like to look around the look around the league and have a look for a team to to kind of follow keenly. Obviously, we follow Blues, but uh, I always do try. I, I, and I think Stoke City uh, a one that I picked out pretty early. As a, I liked some of the business that they'd done, uh, and and in this game they they showed me why it wasn't. You know it wasn't a flashy game, there wasn't loads of just like massively talented, skillful showings. It was just two proper teams playing proper old school English football. Yeah. Um you know, when 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 both goals come from crosses, you know what kind of game it's been. <laughs> we all you need to know. You know?
0: True, very trick. Um
1: but uh, I'm a I, I'm a big fan of, of both of these teams this season. I think that uh, hopefully Huddersfield don't fall off because I, I don't want them to. Hopefully they do a little bit and Blues can you know, jump over them and whatever. We've already done that in the time well, we've, we've done it now, done yeah. That. But we need to stay above them. Now, don't we? <laughs> we get a little
0: bit of, a little bit of a gap before. Now we they're done, play. mate. They're done. Only looking upwards now.
1: Yeah, I think I think we've got Fulham in our sights, haven't we? Actually, what what are the points between us and Fulham? That's a good question. Well, uh,
0: um, will we go above
1: them? I don't think so. But yeah, if we beat
0: them, we'll go. If above we beat
1: them, will we go above them?
0: Yeah, yeah. We're on it. We're on eleven points. They're on thirteen.
1: Oh god, it's happening
0: <laughs> again. We we can go into more depth. Okay, we will uh, get to that in the blue. Uh, a bit later. We're getting ahead of ourselves as, as <laughs> always. Getting excited. Um, uh, I just can't,
1: I can't stop thinking. Only because we're going to the game, right? Hopefully, yeah, yeah. We're the tickets tomorrow tomorrow morning. Yeah, yeah. Um, Oh, oh, my God. So this game was, uh, yeah, I was underwhelmed by the amount of quality, but the result as expected.
0: Yeah. And I was going to just say that, you know, Stoke City with that 100% home record. That's pretty- that, that is a really, I know we're only six games in, but having a home ground that is a fortress where, you know, you can really go at teams and think we could beat anyone at home. That is going to give them such a platform this season. And, and they're certainly a team to keep an eye on. Uh, another team that everyone will be keeping an eye on, I'm sure, is West Brom, who <laughs> drew one-one. Yeah, um, they, Millwall.
1: they they really they failed to capitalise on Fulham's misfortunes this weekend. To be honest, I mean, did. we did. I, I actually predicted a Millwall win in this game. If we think back, uh, and I wasn't too far off because Millwall had a couple of other uh, a couple of opportunities from a couple of match reports that I've read. Yeah. But in out the out from the uh, the outlook of the game, it should have been a West Brom win, kind of as I think most sensible people would have predicted. Uh, I, I'm not a sensible person. That's why I didn't predict it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's, it's, it. You're obviously right. I'll just quick, quickly read my, my short report. West Bromwich Albion went top of the championship table despite being held to a 1-1 draw at home by Millwall. Fulham's defeat at Blackpool sent the still unbeaten baggies a point clear at the top. Albion wasted a great chance to take the lead when Carlin Grant missed a penalty just before the break. Grady Diangana won the spot kick when he went down under the challenge of Michael Kieftenbeld. Michael Kieftunbeld, gosh. But Grant's effort from from 12 yards was well telegraphed and saved by Bartosz Bielkowski diving to his left.
1: What's his name, that keeper?
0: Bartosz Bielkowski. Bielkowski? (laughs) I hate some of these names. (laughs) Four, Four minutes into the second half, Albion did take the lead uh, with Baggies captain Carl Bartley's looping header from Connor Townsend's cross, but Millwall—if <clears throat> I could speak properly—Millwall took just six minutes to level uh, when homekeeper Sam Johnston did not come to claim Jed Wallace's cross, and despite the presence of three home players on the line, on loan Arsenal defender Danny Ballard's far post header sneaked in just under the bar. So, <laughs> West Brom have, have snuck into top place uh, somehow. From-
1: a, a performance like that, to sneak into to, to go top with a performance like that is uh, underwhelming almost. You almost feel like you don't deserve it. And they don't really deserve it, really, with the, that game. I, I do feel bad for Millwall. Um, I love hearing your match reports, by the way. Thank uh, you. They are They're always very, very well written. <laughs> uh, anyway, I think that West Brom and Millwall... Millwall were an, another team similarly to Stoke and to Huddersfield who were surprising us this season. Um, we know that they're they're well drilled and we know that uh, that, that, that they're, they're just another one you, you never want to go to the den, dear. So that always goes well in their favor. I know this was at the Hawthorns, mm-hmm. but uh, in terms of the outlook of a whole season, they've always got that advantage because I mean, their fans are compared to most home support, a kind of another level um, sometimes. Sometimes they get a bit of a reputation they don't deserve. Mm. Uh, I think sometimes they, if things aren't going their way, they do get you know a bit quiet, but everyone does. Um, I think that that this is a performance from West Brom that, uh, that, that, basically, let's put it this way, it was a really poor day for the teams at the top. Um you know Fulham were awful and West Brom, who while they had the opportunities, uh, they gave up plenty of opportunities as well. It was a game of missed opportunities, is for, for, from both sides. Um, of course, you know, missing missing a penalty in a game that you draw is always gonna sting, yeah. Um, and it was a poor penalty as well. Uh, apparently, I haven't seen it, but uh, based on your match report and based on uh, some other reports that I've read, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't very well taken at all by by uh, by Grant, but uh, I think for Millwall, it's just a solid result away from home against a team who will be looking for promotion mm-hmm. to take a point away. You know, if you if you if you'd offered them that before the game, knowing not knowing what was going to happen in the game, they would have they would have taken it. I think.
0: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. A big, big point for Gary Rowett's Millwall. Uh, I think they'll be delighted. Gary wow, Rowett. I couldn't remember his name. That's uh, the man. Ex-Blues. Yes. Another manager. That's really
1: poor for me. I couldn't remember his name.
0: Don't worry. Don't worry. I know, uh, I know we're recording a bit late and you've been at work today. You've got an excuse. Uh, I'm absent-minded all the time. I don't really have much of an excuse. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, we're going to keep moving Coventry your favorite team they beat Middlesbrough 2-0. Um they kept up their 100% winning start at home with victory over Middlesbrough at the Coventry Building Society Arena. I hate how called. I hate that name.
1: It's so boring. <laughs> they, could
0: just, they could have the coolest name in the world for their arena and you still wouldn't like it. No, they
1: could know if they if their arena was called like
0: uh like something amazing.
1: If it was like the 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 Paintball Party Arena, I'd be like, "Oh mate, I want to go there."
0: Part the Party Arena.
1: The Coventry Building Society. Is it named after the people who built it? Did they just like pay them less money and just say, we'll name it after you or something? It's not good. Anyway, moving on from the shambles of a club that Coventry is.
0: Well, I mean, let me just quickly go through my report. Oh, do your report, mate. You, you know what I'm like. Victor Gyokeres grabbed his third of the season in the 71st minute as he rounded goalkeeper Joe Lumley to put them in front. Debutant Andras Spora was close to an equaliser for Borough. Borough. Uh, when he hit the bar before Martin Waghorn sealed the points in injury time, commentary climb up to sixth. Uh, while it is now four games without a win for the visitors, so I don't know what like Neil Warnock's playing at, but uh, this is not normally what no. he does with championship teams. Luckily
1: for him, he's got not in a forest up next. So probably... Oh,
0: perfect! Oh, easy, 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 mate. Probably easy just point. stay at home. Put your feet. Put your feet up. Yeah, Put your
1: I reckon it would take it would take the day off, go to the beach or something. Yeah, put your there feet in the Any on nice that. beaches in Middlesbrough? I don't know. Um <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh to be honest. Never been there. Actually, I have been there once. <laughs> anyway. Um anyway, Neil Warnock. Uh, uh listen, would we you, love you. Would you go Warnock back? Would you go back to Middlesbrough <laughs> would I go back to Middlesbrough? Um maybe for an away day.
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> that's a slightly <laughs> different experience, I think, isn't it? Um, to uh, actually see when I go back like. there.
1: would I go back there to visit, just to visit the, the place itself, probably, probably not. No offense, Middlesbrough, but I'm sure most people wouldn't come back to Birmingham to visit after that. Well, 30th. that's true. Would yeah. you rather go to
0: Coventry or go to Middlesbrough? Oh, I
1: would go to Middlesbrough. Any other day.
0: <laughs> Even though Coventry's easier, <laughs> I don't care. Look, I don't you want to go, go to Coventry. the Coventry Building Society Arena.
1: No. Ugh.
0: I'd like maybe to go to Coventry.
1: Like I'd like to go to Coventry away, just so I can go around, like maybe maybe take a spray can and just write oh, balloons gosh. everywhere. Going to
0: get us in trouble now. The police are going to come
1: and, <laughs> and shut down the party. If that does happen, that wasn't me. I'm not going to do
0: that. It's got nothing to do with the It's
1: not. Uh, but anyway, let's let's get back to the game, shall we? Um, it, Neil Warnock got it wrong. I think is the way to put it. Uh, coming up against his Coventry team, who, as much as I don't like them, and we can turn this into a running joke on this on this show, Coventry got it right. They play. They they put in a good performance and they got the result to to prove it. And much like with um, uh, who was Not much like with Stoke earlier. They're turning the Coventry Building Society Stadium <laughs> into uh, into a bit of a fortress for some yeah. reason. Um, it's their first season back in it, so maybe it's not really a surprise. You know, they've got the but that that will wear off the adrenaline of being back there after a, a month or two. Um. And I think that, uh, hopefully, when Blues go there, we'll be able to break it whenever that is. Yeah. yeah. Well, here's hear, that's all I care about. Middlesbrough were poor. Uh, Coventry got the got the job done.
0: It is interesting. You know, Coventry sneaking into that sixth position there. I think that certainly surprised me. Uh, they started off. really well. That's I, I, I think they might drop off as well, but it's certainly a very, very, very good start for them. Have they uh, got the depth to keep it up? Well, that's it. That's the question, isn't it? The answer is no. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I I'm going to make me in my words game. now. There'll be a prim- The Coventry Building
0: Society will be on match of the day next year, won't it? <laughs> You'll have Man City going and playing there in the, in the league. Um, Maybe. So, moving on, then, we've only got a few more left. Uh, Blackburn drawing 2 2 with Luton. Luke Berry scored a 98th minute equaliser as Luton Town came from two goals down to draw at Blackburn Rovers in at the Championship. Berry yeah. tapped home Cameron Jerome's headed pass to complete a remarkable comeback. The midfielder had pulled a goal back in the 73rd minute, converting Pelly Ruddock Mpanzu's cross. Blackburn mm-hmm. had taken a 2-0 lead with goals in four first half minutes from teenager Tiris Dolan and defender Harry Pickering. <laughs> so, so, uh, <laughs> I'll be honest, the only reason that
1: I like Pelly Ruddock Mpanzu was because for some inexplicable reason I started a FIFA career mode with Stevenage mm. and uh, I cheated by putting, a, uh, by putting extra money into the club uh, <laughs> while, in league, while they were in League 2. And I uh, and uh, I nicked a few players from Luton because they hate each other. So just for just for my own pleasure, and um, <laughs> I, I nicked Peli Roddick Mapanzu because I needed a defensive midfielder, and he was with me all the way until I got to the Premier League when I sold him and signed for some reason Renato Sanchez to Stevenage. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love Fever careers. They are just so great. It?
1: After like two seasons, it's just completely ridiculous. Like my team now. On, on for this Steve, I still play it sometimes. Uh, my team now is as mental. I've got some, I've got some like youth players that eventually get to like eighty-five rated, like in goal and in defence. <laughs> I signed this, I signed this like seventeen-year-old. His name is Josh Dewig, or mm-hmm. Deweig, I don't know how it's pronounced. D O I G. He's a Scottish left wing back.
0: Mm-hmm. When I
1: signed him, he was sixty-one rated. And I, I've had him since from league from League Two to now, where I'm in the Champions League and I'm Premier League champions. Uh, and he's 89 rated; it's unbelievable. <laughs> One of the best players in the entire game. I have Bayern Munich offering me 150 million pounds to replace bloody uh, Alfonso Davies with him and all that stuff. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, anyway, getting back to this game, Blackburn Luton uh, very is the latest goal this season in the Championship on time. Uh,
0: Oh, yeah, of course, it will be. Which
1: is, um, I mean, heartbreak
0: for Blackburn.
1: Absolute heartbreak for them. And they played well in this game. But you ha- if you come back, coming back from, well, to overturning any scoreline is good. But coming back from 2-0 down to, to earn a draw, especially to earn a draw like that late on, uh, is always satisfying, isn't it? And it, it, shows, it shows good mental character to to pull it off.
0: Um, but as as I know we are a little bit strapped for time, uh, we're not going to go into it too much. No, no. That, my final thing just to note from that game was that uh, referee Oliver Langford went off in the 90th minute with what appeared to be cramp, with the fourth official Andy Haynes taking over for the final stages. Referees are humans too, peeps. Well, they a bad humans, but
1: they're still humans. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then the final two games I've got on my list is Bristol City playing uh, Preston North End. That was a nil-nil draw. Um is there much to say here? For Nigel Pearson's Bristol City, this means that their run of matches at home without a win now extends to 13, which is which is bad. Uh, it means that Preston are up to 13th on seven points. Uh, Bristol are in 11th, point, uh, on 11th place on eight points. Uh, much ado about nothing, really, this one, from from what, I can, from what I can gather. I don't know if you have anything to add uh, on Bristol versus Preston, Joe.
1: No, not really for me. Kind of a boring game, really.
0: And that's, that's what I was going to say about my next one as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, and the, the other game, you know, sorry, sorry to all you guys, but you know, Swansea Hull. Uh, I think Hull will be pretty happy to have gotten a point out of uh, Swansea. But uh, you know, other than that, uh, for them to for them four teams, not much to say about any of them really.
0: No, I mean it's it's Swansea City. They were held to a of straw by Hull, as you mentioned, which leaves Russell Martin still waiting. Uh, for his first home league win at Swansea. Swansea are only on five points after six games, hovering above that relegation zone. A long way to go still, but but that's surely something that will be on, on the minds of the players and the staff a little bit. Um, yeah, uh, those the final two games, not much to talk about. Hull also on five points. It's the sort of place you'd expect them to be. I expected more from Swansea, but uh, yeah, they are... Uh, they haven't really got going yet. And I, I'd expect them to start to pick up at some point. But um, we, we shall see. And I think that can be it for our Championship Roundup. Of course, the next section of the, uh, the show will be all about Blues. We've got to talk about the Derby game and then preview the Fulham game. Uh, that will be coming up very shortly. Welcome back to the Royal Blue Podcast. And now we're getting into what I think, what we both think is the most important part of the show, yeah. uh, which is where we analyse uh, the latest uh, happenings at Blues, uh, which in this case is a 2-0 win over Derby County. Uh, goals from Scott Hogan and Jeremy Bella helped Birmingham City beat Derby County and move up to fourth. It was only brief. We're, we're down to, uh, I think we're down to sixth. No, seventh, sorry, now. Uh, but we were fourth, briefly. Um, <laughs> Hogan grabbed his third of the season. Three and six for him. Uh, That was from close range in the first half before Bella secured the win late on. Derby had more possession, but apart from one Tom Lawrence effort in the second half, they struggled to create chances and dropped. They now dropped to 16th. Uh, Troy Deeney made his Birmingham debut as a second half substitute. So where to start? I mean, let's just get right into it. I know we're going to do our stars and stinkers anyway. So I, I think that's probably a good place to start because... I think this was, as we said off air before we start recording, this might've been Jeremy Bella's best performance so far. He's been fantastic in this left wing back role, but this was, I think the best performance we've seen from him yet. Capping off with a goal, of course.
1: Yeah, it was. It was, I think uh, he played the way he played today. Um, I mean, even take the goal away, right? His unbelievable work rate and fitness. Cause I think you were telling me about, uh, about what your wife said. Uh, <laughs> because you <laughs> when you're watching the game together, because uh, he for 90 minutes he was non stop up and down that touchline, breaking into the box obviously for the goal and tracking back consistently as well. In a way that we're not used to seeing Jeremy Bella do that, mm. uh, we're actually used to seeing him be rather lazy, certainly defensively, in seasons, <laughs> uh, in seasons gone by. Uh, so it's refreshing. And he, but he, he seemed you know, he didn't seem to be tired towards the end of the game, despite the constant running, um, which gives me the that gives me the hope that he'll be okay in terms of, because obviously we got rid of, um, uh, oh, what was his name? The left wing back. I think he's gone to Wimbledon or something. Seddon, yeah. Seddon, yeah, that's it. Steve Seddon or something yeah. like that. That's it. Yeah. Um, He's so we were we were I know we were both a little bit worried about the lack of depth in that left wing back position. But if he can keep his kind of fitness uh, his fitness up like that, we should be okay. Really, um, just you know, touch wood he stays injury free. We it's all good, and you know it was a, it was a good finish as well on his weaker left foot. Um, and he had an opportunity earlier in the game as well that he put into the side netting, uh, which was quite a similar attempt trying to sneak it into that near post um, of the goal. So, uh, of, yeah, Roos, Kelly, Kelly Roos didn't really help himself on Bella's goal. He, he did leave that near post quite open, but it was unfortunate because it did ricochet to him off of Sun and out to him. I'm sure you've probably got a match roundup that you really, uh, that, that you've got somewhere in I your can head. Go into,
0: I can go into lots of detail, no but I think, no, I, I think really, this is a Blues podcast, and of course, I think uh, most people that will be listening will be aware of, of what happened in the game, but uh, I think just starting with with mentioning Jeremy, Jeremy Beller, I thought would be a really a really good place for us Absolutely, to start. Yeah.
1: I think another good place to start, is, as you correctly mentioned, just just before we uh, recorded this section, mm. was uh, Sarkic as well. Mm. Uh, yeah. The kind of performance that we'll keep in between the sticks, uh out, uh you know uh, outside of etheridge you know above etheridge in the, in the pecking order yeah um he played really well you know it, derby for all the uh, issues they've got going at the moment they they're actually doing pretty well for themselves they're uh, they're performing pretty well and we stunted them i mean we i think they had like 60% possession or maybe even more than that 63 uh, i seem to remember at some point being the figure but uh, at no point did Blues seem out of control. I think you know, uh, you know, Hogan's goal was to, both goals were relatively fortunate. Uh, but for, as we mentioned, I think on the last episode, fortune is a big thing in football. You know, you, if you get these little bit little bits of luck, the the right ricochet, you know, the lucky deflection, you've got to take it. And um, that's what we did against Derby, and that was the key difference, I think.
0: I think you're absolutely right. Um, we pounced on those mistakes um, and, and, and made them pay. And surely, I mean, Rooney in his post-match uh, <laughs> Oh, he was so, so, it was so funny. Assault drinking was... them
1: tears in. Apparently, we Blues didn't deserve to win the game.
0: Yeah, well, um, this, this is what he said. We played some OK stuff, but we didn't... Speaking about Derby here, obviously. Yeah. We played some OK stuff, but we didn't really create that many clear-cut chances, which was frustrating. But I don't think Birmingham did enough to win the game. It was a mistake for the first goal and for the second, but we weren't at our best tonight. We didn't deserve to win, but I still still feel Birmingham didn't do enough. Now, well, the reason I mention those quotes is, surely the, the way that you win games of football... I've been watching football a long time, I'm no expert. I just like talking about it, as you can probably tell. But surely one of the ways that you win football matches is you identify weaknesses in an opponent's game, no matter possession stats and all that other stuff. If you're happy with them having letting them have the ball and you can press properly, which is what we did, we identified that Derby liked to knock it about a bit. We put them under pressure and then we get goals that way. We put them under pressure for the first goal where the defender plays a loose pass, Back towards the keeper, it's pounced upon by Duke, and it ends up falling to Hogan, who scoops it in. It was actually quite a good finish because it was a bit behind him, and he sort of yes. he sort of dug it out and sort of uh, swept it in. The second one, we 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 pounce on it again a poor pass, and we we and we we fly forward and, and we get the ball all the way across to, to Bella, who takes a touch and finish as well. We, we surely we've identified that Derby liked to to prat about with it a little bit, and we <laughs> and we like we want to. We want to hunt them in, in packs and, and force those those tricky passes in, in in areas of the pitch where Derby aren't comfortable. So when Mourinho says we didn't do enough to win the game, I don't really know what he means. Surely we, surely we have done enough because that's clearly part of the game plan is to press he's just, Derby. He's just those... about it. He's
1: he's so he we Blues played. We controlled the game. We controlled the tempo. And and the thing that in that quote that really annoys me was he said that. We made a few mistakes, and then he says that Blue, that, that Birmingham didn't deserve to win. But surely the fact that you made them mistakes means that we did. Because you don't ha- necessarily have to completely outplay your opponent to deserve to win the game. No. You have to pounce on their mistakes. That's mm. how most winning is done. Yeah. You're not going to go out every single game and outplay the other team.
0: Because
1: mm. you'll come up against teams that you'll be... Again. And, and to be fair, Derby, for a lot of the game, they had a lot of the ball and they played. There was a couple of, there was some nice interplay between them, for sure. I think I was pleasantly surprised by some some of the stuff by Phil Jackie Elko marshalling Jukovic, certainly for yeah. a, a man of 38, 39 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're going to make them mistakes, if we, when we when, when teams pounce on them, you can't then complain saying that they didn't deserve to win because you made mistakes. They did purely by the fact that you made their mistakes, but
0: that's
1: it. So, but but he's just doing what every single manager does <laughs> after after you lose a game where you're just like, Oh, you know, we 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 didn't deserve to lose, Birmingham didn't deserve to win, but they did, so you know, on to the next one kind of and thing. I have to
0: say, You're absolutely right, it, it's obviously very salty. I actually thought on the night it, it was overall. One of our, we weren't, we weren't uncomfortable, but I don't think we were particularly incisive, or, or it wasn't like a, a ten out of ten performance, like you talk about the Luton game or something like it that. It doesn't need to be, a but that's exactly it, and I think we we got the job done, and, and finding ways to win games, even if you are struggling to create chances. Um, you know, it's the sign of a good team, I think, and a good Absolutely. togetherness.
1: We're not, we're not Johan Cruyff, right? And he's got a very famous quote, I think, saying where he'd he'd rather like draw a game five five than win a game one nil.
0: Yeah,
1: we're not that club. No. We'd rather win a game one nil. Mm-hmm. And fight. So, so in, we're not going to be playing this flashy football, playing teams off the park, winning six seven nil whatever. We're going to be. Solid. We're going to pounce on mistakes. We're going to, and Joe, I, I don't think if their mistakes didn't happen, you know, it's certainly the first mistake for the, for the opening goal for, for Hogan. If that didn't happen, I've got no doubt that that we would have carved a couple of chances because you also can't say that their mistakes weren't forced because I mean, there, certainly the, the second goal, it wasn't even too much of a mistake. I mean, the positioning of their right back, whoever that was, was really poor. Um yeah, yeah. But uh, but in terms of the actual deflection, like because the interplay between Maxime Colan and Ivan uh bursting down that side, and then Colan continued his run. It ricocheted off of Surnyich and one of the centre backs or midfielders, and it and Bella was just in the right place for it to take a touch and slot it into that bottom corner at the near post. Uh, so it wasn't like the mistakes were unforced. We it, it, it was. Us, it was Blues being positive, yeah, and Derby couldn't handle it,
0: yeah. No, so, no, that, that's and that's it. And, I, and this is why I mean, I don't understand why Wayne Rooney. It's it's difficult, I imagine, when, when they're hurting after a loss, um, to, to, to sort of calm these... and, and impartial. It's good that he's showing a bit of that passion because that's what the players will need this season, I think, at Derby to have a bit of that stubbornness and a bit of that, that fight about them. They're going to need that, that attitude, um, but this was clearly the way that we pressed. We, it was clearly part of the game plan. We'd we'd figured out that Derby liked to play. He, he even said himself there are going to be mistakes the way that Derby are trying to play, and that Rooney says he takes full responsibility for that. But we've pounced on that, and maybe that's maybe that's why he's really upset is that we've we've managed to to sort of you know in the game of chess, if you like to to sort of call it that. Some people do look at football like a game of chess. Uh, we've just out tacticked uh, them and outthought <laughs> them, you know. So it's. It's, it's a difficult one. And we should certainly, uh, obviously, we mentioned two of the stars. We've got uh, Jeremy Bella uh, and Matija Sarkic, is two of our stars. Do you have any other stars you'd like to mention? know like Tahith Chong is always going to be in there. Again, he was tenacious. They, he was bullied a lot. Derby we were very physical with Chong, um, but he kept going. There was one point where he looked like he was, he might have hurt himself, but he, he got himself up and dusted himself down and he, and he kept going. Um, I love that. And the pundits love that
1: after the game. Uh, they yeah. they absolutely loved his reaction because he went down and he said that he couldn't breathe, which is always alarming. Mm-hmm. I think maybe that should have been a red card in the Premier League. That definitely would have been a red card with VAR and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I suppose, uh, and, and they were even, uh, they were even talking about uh, the fact that, you know, you, you're in the championship, you've got to expect that kind of extra bit of physicality that's going to come with it. And Teeth uh, Strong's dealt with it well so far, and the, he, he went down holding his throat because he couldn't breathe. And the moment he was fine, he got back up and he got on with the game and kept playing well. Do I think he was man of the match? No, I don't. I don't think he should have been. I think, I think me and you have certainly agreed on he's kind of set his bar now and he's got on his pedestal. Yeah. So when other players are playing just as well, we give them the credit rather than him, because he's just expected to play that well now. Uh, I'm sure there'll be a game or two here and there where he'll just kind of fade, and yeah. that's fine. That's to be expected. You know, you're not going to play... A, you're not going to have 10, 9 out of 10s, 10 out of 10s every game. Mm. But one player that uh, that we've already t- talked about at length who we felt should have been man of the match, who I felt, anyway, was Jeremy Beller. Yeah. Uh, uh, even without the goal, it uh, should have been man of the
0: match, in my opinion. Mm. No, no, I, I completely agree. Um and just moving on, then, um, stinkers. Were there any stinkers? Stinkers. The I mean, blues. I don't uh. know. It was, it was middling. I think Sunyich had a bit of a, it wasn't an, an incredible performance of him, but it wasn't bad. Um, it wasn't a bad thing. It's harsh to call it a stinker. I think um,
1: Jukey was well marshaled for uh, yeah, while yeah, he was on the pitch. Yeah. Um, st- again, it feels harsh to call him a stinker, but it's just, the, it's just what the segment's called. Um, plenty of stars to talk about. Isn't yeah. There? Um, But yeah. I think we should we limit ourselves to three, three stars maximum. <laughs> and I know who mine are. Mm. Um, Jeremy Bella has to be one. Sarkic has to be one for me. And uh, Maxime Collin has to be one because I love Maxime Collin and he'll always be a star in my eyes. Uh
0: But it's interesting, it's interesting you should say that. I think Blues have literally just tweeted out saying he's the best right back in the league. Uh, no, they have uh, yeah. actually... Check, check the check the Twitter. I'm going to go account. check
1: the Twitter. Now.
0: it's about sixty seconds before you said that. <laughs> and, and I, I would, I'd, I, I, can't look past Jeremy Beller for my three stars. Jeremy Beller's got to be one of them. I uh, will put Sarkic in there, and I'm also, I'm going to go for Ryan Woods as my final one. Ryan Woods. Because, because again, I'm constantly surprised by his energy. He's only little, but he's actually quite physical. He likes to tackle, likes to get stuck in. But he just constantly offers us. Uh, there's, a, there's always he's always there, <laughs> happy to happy to 58 receive. Fifty-eight seconds
1: ago, yeah, that's right back in the league. You guys can't see it, but I've put it on the it's on the camera, it. which will I'm sure we will save
0: this video though, if it ever does get put out. It's no mystery mm. to us. I don't know why they're tweeting about that now. We've known. I this reckon. Well, I
1: reckon so they've listened to our podcast. There you go. And now and they're just and they're just like, do you know what? Yeah, he's pretty good. Let's let's uh yeah. let's give him some let's give him some appreciation.
0: Exactly. Get the little shrine to France call up. I reckon
1: God, genuinely, if blue if blues get promoted and he stays as the starting right back, which I think he would, he'd be in the France squad.
0: <laughs> <laughs> We're just desperate for him to be in the France squad. I we? want him to
1: get I want him to get in that France squad. And if he doesn't, is he like could he could he do it for any other nation? Like is he like part Swiss or something? Is like a Swiss grandma. Or like a something like that, you know. Like a, I, I don't know what other kind of smaller nations are. I mean, for, cause uh, like maybe he uh, doesn't really look Eastern European, but there's a lot of Eastern European. You know. I mean,
0: we could we could look into his family tree, we'll pay one of those websites that yeah, we'll can, do that ancestry.com or whatever. Yeah, yeah. We can't we'll, get him to sponsor us and we'll do it for free or something. He can't be called Colin and not be a bit English. he has got to be a bit English. Just get him in the England side.
1: Yeah, race. I mean English squad. I'd take him over <laughs> Trent Alexander Arnold day. Yeah,
0: him on the one side and Luke Shaw on the other man. Marauding runs forward. That'd be that'd be bloody. Well, that's probably doesn't Southgate wouldn't like that, but there's a whole other that's a whole <laughs> well, other well wouldn't be I mean, let's be honest, right? Get him. I
1: mean, could we get Jeremy Beller in the England squad and just go with uh, with them two at wing back? I think it'd work out very well. We'd love it.
0: Yeah, I mean, we could we could probably find an angle. Uh, so, <laughs> so we've obviously done our three stars. Stinkers, we're thinking, they're not, it's, again, it's a harsh word to use, but we say that it's, it was a bit underwhelming, shall we say, from Sunyich and Sunich Juki. And Juki was very well marshalled, as you say, by experienced centre-backs um, throughout the game.
1: The one thing that I really like, I know it's not really a stars and stinkers thing, but um, the fact that, We're not letting the Troy Deeney debut overshadow anything. Mm. That was one thing that would have been a big risk. Him coming into the club and kind of just taking over. Yeah, yeah. But um, I mean, don't get me. I mean, he didn't really do too much once he came on. I think he only came on so the fans could cheer him on, Mm. Um, and he was pretty well marshalled as well. Um, I think maybe lacking a little bit of match fitness just through the fact he's only just signed. I doubt that he was really doing too much with Watford preseason because they. Kind of knew that his contract was going to be terminated. I think um, so. Hopefully, he'll be uh, more. He'll be ready for for the Fulham game. Certainly, if, I'd love to see him uh, see him play and uh, score a hat trick and put us above Fulham because that's going to happen. <laughs> um, as we, shall we quickly preview the Fulham game?
0: Well, I think um, I was just I just wanted on on the point of Deeney making his debut. Of course, it's, it's been a big story, and I think it, it had the potential to overshadow. Uh, what was a solid performance from Blues as I say not a 10 out of 10 or anything maybe a 7 out of 10 we, we got yeah, the job done 10, probably. Um, I actually thought that Deeney didn't look fully fi- or, or, or fully mobile like he was quite um, it, there wasn't a lot of running or a lot of energy there were one or two very clever moments where he, he'll come out wide and receive the ball and put someone in and there's clearly something that can be worked on that. and, match that's, and that's, that's, a little bit different to, to Hogan and Duke and, and Eki, what, what they offer. It is. Um, I think,
1: think, and that comes with the match intelligence. And uh, one thing that, that will be very interesting will be when we talk about him uh, with Tommy Mooney, who will know him very well. Yeah. And uh like that smooth segue, by the way. Very good. Very the, good. Uh, I, I'm almost, I almost sound professional, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we are next week interviewing uh, Mr. Tommy Mooney, former blues player and of course Watford legend. He's uh, he's he knows more about uh, about Troy Deeney than I think anyone else on the planet, other than Troy Deeney himself, probably. <laughs> um, he's been he's obviously followed Troy Deeney's entire Watford career, and uh, it will be really really interesting to talk to him about. Uh, what Troy will bring for Blues, as well as talking to him about his experiences as a player for Birmingham and just as a Championship player yeah. and a Premier League player, and also to to get some insights as what life is like after football. Uh, so I'm really excited about that, Alex. What are your thoughts on this? Uh, on this?
0: Well, I mean, I, I, one thing I really want to ask uh, Tommy Mooney about is you know is Troy Deeney actually is he? Is he fit? Is he in good shape? I mean, he was so, he looked so tired. He'd only been on for 20 minutes and he was covered in sweat. And this is, as you mentioned, my, my wife watched the end of the game with me. And she said at the end that Jeremy Bella, who would spent the entire game running up and down the wing like a maniac, uh, yeah, lo- lo- looked like he hadn't had a great game, looked like he hadn't broken a sweat. Whereas Troy Deeney, the, you could see the steam coming off his head um, <laughs> at the end because he was covered in sweat. So, it's, you know, while I'm excited about Tommy Mooney, I want to I want to know what's going on with Troy. We need the boy to be coming in and, and firing. So it's going to be an interesting No, it'll, it'll, be, it'll be a really interesting conversation. I'm sure he'll have lots of interesting stories about about his time, obviously at Watford and Birmingham and will tell us about Troy, I'm sure. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a really fascinating uh, conversation. We've been working on uh, some of the sort of conversation points Um together uh, today so that we can have a good chat with i'm actually Tommy. just
1: looking through some of them now yeah and uh <laughs> i love how you've just noted down here so i what he say so i'm not going to read out any of the questions now but he's so he's written down like all of the so all of the questions we're going to ask and right at the bottom of
0: them uh, of one of the sections he's just put Troy Deeney question <laughs> <And> <laughs>
1: yeah I mean
0: well yeah I mean I just I, I want to know what's going on uh <laughs> it, it will be really interesting he you know Tommy Mooney would have watched Troy Deeney the Troy was at what for 11 years he'll have watched him in training and watched him at games so if there's one person as you say to, to ask about Troy Deeney uh it is Tommy Mooney I'm sure he could give us some pointers on who he thinks he should be partnered with the uh, best way that Troy can be utilized in, in the 11. Um, yeah. Really interesting. And of course it'd be great to talk to Tommy himself about his thoughts on, on Watford um, and how they're getting on, of course, because he's, you know, he's a, was a great servant for the Hornets, but also talking about blues, his, his time at blues and, and what he thinks about the, the, the club now uh, the club and, that, and how it's trying to turn a corner very slowly. Although of course there have been a few bumps in the road um yeah i'm really really looking forward to it and um I'm, I'm just hoping that tommy's put a good hour or so in his diary because i think we're going to talk his e- his ears off <laughs> yeah but i looked at it we've got a,
1: i have i so i have just literally just now sent him the uh sent him over the questions because uh yeah. of course we want we want him to also know so you know so he can have a
0: little bit of time to of course and i'm prepare. sure he'll come back and and we'll have absolutely some so um but
1: uh, I've just sent that over, and the thing I'm worried he's going to come back with is, can we maybe ask me half them questions? <laughs> yeah, we've got a bit carried I've got, away. I've got a dinner good. reservation, and uh, I want to be able to be there on time. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> yeah. l- listen, we I've spoken with Tommy a few times, and uh, he's a he's an absolutely t- he's a top 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 lad, and uh, I cannot wait to get him uh, to to get him on the mic and see what uh, see what comes out. Really, I'm talking like he's a rapper <laughs>
0: <laughs> when I'm <on> under <laughs> mic. Speak your truth. No, I think uh, it I think it'll be fine. Uh, don't worry, I don't think he'll be doing any rapping. Um unless he wants to. Of maybe, maybe
1: that maybe that's his post-football career. Well,
0: maybe, maybe. I mean, you know, clearly we see great. him at Reading Festival
1: 2022.
0: <laughs> Very talented with his feet. Maybe he's lyrically he's just as good. We we don't know. We don't want to judge, we don't want to get, get ahead of ourselves. Hey, we'll see. Maybe we'll ask anyway, him. The, <laughs> we could we should ask him, yeah. Did you want to start a rap career? <laughs> is that the kind of thing you'd be interested in? <laughs> but
1: I, but I know I've sent him over the questions guys but if you have any questions that you want to ask him let us know email us at raw raw blue podcast at gmail.com or which is probably far more easy tweet us or send us questions directly on instagram or post them on your story and and tag us or whatever it is that you want to do at raw blue pod on both Twitter and Instagram let us know give us a follow show us some love. And if you do follow us, then you'll know as soon as an episode comes out that it is out and that you can listen to it because we know that you want to hear it as soon as possible. So let's, uh, let's finish off our blues segment and, uh, and yeah,
0: I think we need to just talk I'm about just the Fulham game, don't we um, talk about the
1: Fulham game? And then we uh, and I think we'll wrap it up for this. Yeah.
0: Go? I mean, with, with, with the previous section, this sorry, the review section went on for quite a long time because there was a lot to talk about, but no, let's, let's get into it. So Wednesday night, uh, only a few days away after a big win over Derby. Um, what are we thinking? Do we go with the same eleven? <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow! 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 I'm wow. thinking
1: I, we're going to be there. Uh, we're going to hopefully we're going to get seats. I don't know where we're going to get seats yet. Uh, a maybe bit of a match maybe, maybe for if we can. Uh, I'd like go. You know what I spend a lot of the times that I go I, football. I do go to Tottenham quite a lot because I live. I live down in London and. Uh, my my dad has season tickets. So whenever he can't go, he tends to chuck on my way. But uh, we sit so he sits in literally the first row, which is good because I get to shout abuse at the substitutes. But <laughs> uh, I don't really get to experience the game. So uh, I know you're the one that's proc- procuring the tickets. So if if you could, I would mm-hmm. uh, I would certainly appreciate him being uh, being higher up.
0: I'll do my best for you. So. No
1: promises. Wherever tickets can be found, because I know we're, <laughs> the stadium's still not at full capacity. So, uh, no, we'll,
0: we'll do our it. best. We'll do our best. There will be a bit of a scramble, but it, it's, it promises to be a really good game, I think, and a really good test of We As we mentioned, Fulham being beaten by Blackpool, it'll be really interesting to see how they line up yeah, now. they it, try to bounce back. It can
1: go one of two ways, can't it? It can really, you'll mm. either turn around and it will be one of those where they go, where they either be really dejected from it and it will kind of be the perfect time to play them, or they'll turn around and they'll go, oh, crap we need to we need to switch on here cuz we've just lost to a to a blackpool side and now we're going to a birmingham side whose towers are up which compared to blackpool you know you don't want to be playing birmingham really i don't think there's any team that will be looking at birmingham right now and thinking yeah we we'll, we'll we'll, we want to play them personally i don't think there's a team that, that that would want to play us right now certainly certainly not in the form that we're in but right. uh, anyway that's. I mean, that's a. I mean, I've not really got anything else to add to that game.
0: Yeah, no, it, it's. It, I think everyone knows what that one's about. From Absolutely, on a bounce back, blues going strong. Um, it's, it's, it's a, ti- be a really, it's really a, good game.
1: A, this is a title challenge six pointer, isn't
0: it? <laughs> <laughs> you, you are mad. You are mad. I, right. I, I think we should quickly do some predictions and then we'll wrap up. Okay, do you predictions. To, you have a prediction for this one? I'm going to go for a three-one Birmingham win. Three goals to one.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna say because we'll we'll like we'll be like two one up, and then while Fulham are pressing, we'll like hit, we'll hit him on the break or something and and then nick another goal.
0: Wow, wow! That's a bold uh, opinion, uh, isn't it? <laughs> You're gonna be boring.
1: You're gonna go for a draw, aren't
0: you? That's exactly what I'm gonna do. Uh, I'm gonna go for a one-one draw. Go on. You know I think take I take a one-one to be fair. I think in, all, we'll, in
1: all honesty, I'd take a one-all draw
0: Well, yeah, absolutely I think we'll take the lead But then it'll be heartbreak They'll get like a late equaliser or something But, you know, we'll look back and think bloody will be able to point against that team We'll be very happy with that
1: Certainly uh, the end of the season I think when we see them lifting the championship trophy At Craven yeah. Cottage But
0: We're going to win, so it's fine <laughs> I like the confidence But I just think sometimes you just go places I just I tell what, I'm going to go at.
1: a step further, right? We're going to win Tahith Chong is going to get his first goal. That will be something. Juki will get a goal. Oh well, yeah. Troy Deeney will get a goal. Wow, well, that will be quite the night. <laughs> if Troy Deeney gets a goal, we won't be able to record later that night as we think we have planned because the beers will be flowing. Because no doubt he'll be in a pub after. Yeah, I'm sure he will. Yeah. So we've got to, we've got to try and we've got to try and like what we have got to do right. We've got to throw something at him that happens to have like a magnetic tracker. Oh yeah. Right. And get that to stick to him, to like his earring or something or whatever, if you bring <laughs> anything. And uh, and we're not stalkers. Troy, come on the show. We we're not we will not track you. Um, we're very warm and welcoming hosts. Yeah, we and uh, and we absolutely love you. So please, please give us the chance. I sound like a oh. desperate
0: ex, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> that was a bit desperate, anyway. On that note, what I will say is please do tweet us uh, and message us on Instagram or just give us a follow. It's at Royal Blue Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Um, what was the email again if they want to email us, Joe?
1: Royal Blue Podcast at
0: gmail.com. So just hit us up. Any questions for Tommy Mooney or any thoughts on any of the games that have gone on, uh, please get in touch we, you know it's very much an open platform This part of the reason we do this podcast we like talking about football we want to hear the opinions it's, it's all good stuff so please do get in touch um, and with that I think we can wrap up and we'll Absolutely. say what we always say keep right on keep right on